Good morning, ACC. Good morning, ACC. Now, we were all shouting because we felt the Holy Spirit, right? We feel the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. God has been so good to us. He is so good to his church. So I would like to thank him for the ability to stand here, for the power, the privilege that he has given me to share what he has given me. And secondly, I would like to thank the leadership of the church. I thought I would be smart by not, you know, submitting my Preacher's Digest notes all the time so that I would not be qualified to stand here. Yet God qualifies the unqualified. So here I am. <laughs> Please let us bow our heads as we pray. Sweet Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your marvelous deeds and we thank you, God, for who you are in our lives. God, we thank you for being God over, over our lives and that we feel you so mightily today. Father, speak through me. May I only say the words that you want to plant in people's hearts, that you want to transform lives, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So everybody knows the theme of the month, right? So what is the theme? Wow, if you're saying something in victory, then I think it must be louder, right? What is the theme? Victory unto victory. Amen. And it is taken from 1 Corinthians 15, chapter 15, verse 57. And also taken from Romans, chapter 8, verse 37. Can we quickly read um, the first one? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. I read in Jesus' name. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. 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 And can we also read Romans 8 verse 37, please? Romans 8, verse 37. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. Amen. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Amen. 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 Did you read the NLT version? The TPT. Could you please read the NLT, please? Yes, please. I read in Jesus' name. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. Amen. 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 So we have victory over sin, as we, as we have already learned. We have victory over sin, and we have victory over death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we read in Romans 8, verse um, 37, it states that overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. Victory is not something that comes and is aventious, as we say in Dutch. Something that comes quickly and it's gone. It says here that it's overwhelming. Have you ever been overwhelmed before? I'm standing here, I'm pretty much overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm very overwhelmed. Sometimes you get so overwhelmed that you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You don't know even how to compose yourself. That's what overwhelming victory does to you. Overwhelming victory leaves you amazed, 
amazed looking at God that really, God, did you do this to me? Did you do this for me? That's the overwhelming victory God the Bible is speaking about. Amen. So the past uh, two days have been, for me, has been very um, amazing. Uh, we went on Friday, we went with the church. For those that could make, make it, I think they really think it was amazing. We went um, to worship uh, together with the uh, new IMD of the Church of Pentecost. And he spoke amazing words to us. Amen. And there were two things that he said that really stuck up to me, stood out to me. Two things that also confirmed the word that God had given me. Because, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm a doubter. And I actually don't want to admit it. Because in Christ, we don't doubt. Right? The spirit doesn't know doubt. We are secured in Christ. Everything he says we believe. Everything he says we stand on. So there, there shouldn't be doubt. But however, I sometimes doubt. So when, um, when I was writing down the message, I was like, is it my, my own thoughts that I'm writing down or is it truly the Spirit of God who is speaking to me? So as the IMD was speaking and as he said these two things, that was the confirmation that, yes, bless, God speaks to you. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God speaks to you. He speaks to you. He speaks to you because he lives in you. Amen. So the two, one of the things, the first thing he said was, you can be righteous and still not fulfill all promises of God for your life. So when he said that, I was like, okay, that's, that's the point right there. Because righteousness, if you are righteous, it means you have received Christ. You cannot be righteous by your own doing. Not because of your perfect, not because of you work hard, not because of your money. You become righteous because you believe and have faith in God. And through him you are saved and therefore you receive his righteousness. And this statement says that you can be saved, all right? Your ticket to heaven, it's there. I'm saved. Whenever we go to heaven, make a noise, we will be there together. Amen. <laughs> However, here on earth, you might not experience heaven. How is that? How is it that I have received the Holy Spirit? He lives in me. But I'm not feeling like, and, my, and please hear me say feeling. You know, sometimes our feelings are telling us stuff. Our feelings are convincing us of what the truth is. But the truth, the real truth is in our spirit. Our spirit man knows the real truth. And that is that we are victors. And that we move from victory unto victory. Amen. So the second um, statement he made was, and please listen carefully here. He said, when the promise and the product of the promise meet, there is a performance. You know, when he said that, I was sitting there on the chair and I was like, oh God, what are you saying? When the promise and the product of the promise, when it meets, there is a performance. And he explained that through... Um, the story of um, Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah. I won't go much into that because that's not what the, the message is based on. So please, in your own time, read the book um, of Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 41, going to the end. But I would like to emphasize on Luke chapter 1, verse 41 to 45 to, to just make a small statement there. Please, if you can help me read. I read in Jesus' name. 
At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped up for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Amen. 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 It's a bit odd that when we read scripture, when we read the word that gives life, and when we say amen, people don't say amen. 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 You know, it says here that when Mary met Elizabeth, the baby in the womb, the baby in the womb of Elizabeth, who was the product of the promise here, and the promise who was Jesus Christ, still in Mary. When they met, the baby, John, he leaped. So when I went home, I read it again, and I was like, God, what is the revelation here? When they met, the baby leaped. When he met Jesus Christ in the womb, he leaped. We carry Jesus Christ, so what should we do? We need to leap. We need to jump from joy. We don't meet him at a point. We don't meet him at Q Factory. We don't meet him in Almeida. We don't meet him in Amsterdam. We carry him daily. When you wake up, you have him with you. When you wake, when you go to bed, you have the Holy Spirit in you. So you need to leap. You need to jump from joy to joy. You walk from victory into victory because you carry the victor. Yes. Amen. Amen. And another thing that was so, um, what was revealed unto me was, what became clear to me was that whenever the Holy Spirit is in you, you must receive revelation. You know, if you read the, the, um, the chapter, the book of Luke, verse 1, the story about Zechariah and Elizabeth, you don't read that the angel went to Elizabeth to tell her that Mary was about to conceive her Lord. He didn't tell her that. But once they met, once Mary and Elizabeth met, Elizabeth here was saying that, let's read that again, please. And I'll read from the um, 42. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Mary did not come with a baby, right? If you read there, she wasn't carrying the baby. I don't even think she already had the belly that you could see that she was pregnant. And even if she was pregnant, the angel did not tell Elizabeth that it was the Savior to come. But through the Holy Spirit that was upon her, that was in her, she got the revelation that Mary was carrying her Savior. Amen. Her Lord. Amen. So as we carry the Holy Spirit, we hear it every week. We have to confess it every week. I rule, I reign. Everything I touch must be blessed. Everywhere I go, you must feel life. Whenever I speak, mountains have to move. Yes. All these things we are confessing all the time. Yet some of us, we go home and we cry ourselves to bed. Some of us, we have tried certain things countless of times and it's not working. And you, and you begin to ask yourself, okay, I've been confessing all these things, Mar. Hot, hot. Where are you? 
begin to ask yourself something I do a lot. You know, making calculations. Is it something that I did yesterday? Is it because of I yelled at my little sister? <laughs> she, she, she knows whenever I'm not feeling right. Even this morning, I was so overwhelmed because I had to come here and stand before God's people and speak. So she felt all my anxiety. And even if she wanted to ask a question, I would like, get away, get away. So I'm sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> but how is it possible that we feel all these things we go through all these things yet we carry the spirit in us we learned last week when our elder Dan was speaking he said that many of the things that we go through many of the sorrows that we encounter is because man have now become the center of life we don't put God at the center of our lives anymore. Rather, we put our problems at the center. We put ourselves at the center. We put social media idealistics at the center. Comparing ourselves to one person and the other. You don't know what the struggle is of, the, of one person. People only show you the result. They don't show you the process. You don't know what they have been through. Maybe if you would have been in their shoes, you would not have made it. So you know what? The, the, the cross that you are carrying, the cross that you are carrying in your own journey, I would say buckle up and carry it on. Buckle up and carry it on because nobody can carry it like you can. Amen. Amen. Another point, what he made, uh, what was said was that we also have our own choices. You know, it's my choice that I woke up and I came. I could have thought like, you know what? They told me to come and preach. I won't come. <laughs> Sunday morning is there, everybody. Where's blessing? Where's blessing? Blessing has disappeared. <laughs> She's gone. But I made the choice to be here. Whether I'm nervous, whether I'm afraid, whether I'm shaky, I'm here. It's a choice. Every day we make choices. And these choices, good or bad, they have consequences. So when we are, you know, when we go to God and we are venting at him, like, God, why is this happening to me? Why this and why that? Let us not forget that maybe it's because of a choice you made, a poor choice that you made. And I'm not here to say put blame on yourself because that's not what we are here to do because our God is a merciful God. Our God is a forgiving God. He is the God that turns everything. He puts everything together for the good of those who love him according to his purpose. So don't blame yourself. Don't put too much blame on yourself. But be realistic sometimes as well. Sometimes you need to know the position you're standing and be like, you know what? I have been praying. I pray that, God, I want to pass this exam, but I'm not studying. God, I want to pass this exam, but I'm not studying. Be realistic sometimes. You want to, you want to be pure in, in, in your Christian walk? You want to encounter God daily? Yet the, the, the people you surround yourselves with, they only bring sorrow to your life. They only bring chaos into your life. The songs you listen to, some songs, I don't want to go there, but I will go there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. Don't go, don't go. 
speaking to myself with this one. I'm speaking to myself with this one. You know, I love songs. I, I, I love songs, worship songs. And I will tell myself sometimes I like to listen to, you should let me love you. Love songs. However, I'm not married. I'm not living with a man. So I am listening to those songs. What do you think those songs will do to me? The songs will give me feelings of I want to be with a man. I want to be with someone. Someone to hold me. Someone to share love with me. So I'm not saying these songs are bad, but know the position you are in before you do certain things. You see, if our sister Nanama here would listen to that song, she can go home and be booed up with Thomas. But if I listen to that song, weird things will be happening in my mind. <laughs> Poor decisions will be made. And afterwards, I'll be like, God, it's me again. <laughs> you know? So let us be mindful of the things we expose ourselves to, the people we expose ourselves to. Amen. Because we want to move from victory into victory, right? And the devil doesn't want you to do that. Because he already knows that the first victory is yours, which is salvation, eternal life. He wanted to be like Christ so bad, but he couldn't. He wanted to be like God, but he couldn't. And now you carry God. So how much more is he going to be envious of you? So he will not willingly allow you to walk from victory into victory. He doesn't want you to do that. So what will he do? The mind. The mind. He will try to isolate you. You know, I have my times. Everybody at home knows me that my mother will say, This is my daughter. You know, my medium. Yes, you can go to her, you can chat with her. But blessing, blessing, she has her ways. She can be in her room. Nobody will know she's even in the house. I have days that I will isolate myself. I'll be just with my thoughts, and there it starts, you know, your thoughts. Thoughts will be running through your head the whole time, and the devil will be like, yes, got you. You're isolated. You're not going to Bible study. You're not going to church. You're not going to fellowship with people from your communities. You're not picking up phone calls. When your accountability friends are calling you, you are not picking up because you don't want to be held accountable for the things that you said you would do, but you didn't do. So you isolate. You isolate. And the devil has you right where he wants you. He doesn't want you to move from victory into victory. So he wants you to be alone. So that he can whisper to you that, you know, you think you're safe. But do you remember what you did last week? Do you remember what you did last year? Do you think that person has forgiven you? Because of you, someone is crying. Because of you, someone is not happy. And you begin to... Panic. Panic. I think everybody knows how it is to panic, right? Out of panic, we begin to do all kinds of things. We make all kinds of decisions that we never would have made in a right state of mind. That's what happens to you when you isolate. Don't let us isolate. Don't let us be alone by ourselves. Keep being in your community every time. 
This Christian walk is not for one person alone. Jesus had his disciples. They were with him all the time. They were walking together, eating together, praying together, weeping together. That's what we should be doing together. When I fall, you pick me up. When I don't feel like going, you begin to say, come on, blessing, let's go. That's what you do to each other in in the Christian walk. That's how we move from victory to victory. When I forget the promises God has made, because I have shared it with a brother or sister in Christ, I will get reminded of it when I forget, when I am doubtful. But when you isolate, who's going to remind you? Nobody, because you yourself, you're already panicking. And you don't know whether you're going or whether you're coming. All you do is you, you, you isolate. And it seems like, it, it, it seems like it's, it's, it's a small thing that I'm speaking about when I speak about isolation. It's a huge thing in this world. You know, where, where I originally come from, I come from Ghana. Wow. And, um, <laughs> you know, there at my, grandma, at my grandparents' home, like when you get out of, the, of your room, it's like a big compound. You see everybody. You see your uncles. You see, you see your nieces. Everybody is there. Here in this house, here in the Netherlands, you are with yourself and your family in your room. If somebody wants to come to your house, they have to call you first. And you will decide whether you will pick up the phone or not. Because at that point, you want to isolate yourself. Self-pity. Don't self-pity all the time. It's not cute. It's not cute. <laughs> Self-pity is not cute. Sometimes I will, I will take a stool and I will sit in my room and I will be looking at God and self-pity back and forth. God this, God that, God this, God that. And I, I, I can only imagine how God will be looking at me like, look, look at this, my daughter. <laughs> look at this. I have poured everything I have in you when you're sitting there having self-pity. You have so much power that you can move mountains, but self-pity. All because of isolation. Let us not isolate ourselves. Amen. So as we walk from victory onto victory, and we now know that, you know, certain things we go through, are not are sometimes because of the things we did, the decisions we made, and the consequences we therefore have to face. But you know, our 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 uncle Job, who who has heard of Job before? Please, in your own time, read the story of Job. I think I've read it more than five times because I often at times feel like Job, and I tell God, God, we have a Job already. You know, we have a Job already. I don't want to be a Job. Don't, don't take things from me. Don't deprive me of things so that your glory will be seen. Give it to me. Your glory will be seen anyway. You know, I will go to church and I will tell them of all the things that you have given me. I don't want sorrow. I don't want to go through things. But you know what? Sometimes we go through things to build our character. You know? So that we will be able to be standfast. If I don't go through it, how will the ones around me be encouraged when they go through it? What will you tell people? When someone comes to you with a, with a uh, story, 
of what they are going through with hardships, what will you tell them if you have no story to tell? God is building character every time, every day, through everything we go through. So not everything is because of a bad decision. Sometimes God wants to build you up. So be steadfast. Don't be moved. Don't be shaken. And that's why you need to be in your communities. In ACC, we have one big family. You're not left out. You're not alone. We do everything together. Amen. 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 So as you are waiting on God, you know, you now have the understanding that through all things, through the things you've done, through the things he brought to, uh, on your path, through the things the devil brought on your path, all things, God caused them to work for your good. And now you're waiting for the good to come because you have been through all the things and now the waiting period is there. You're waiting on God for, okay, God, I hear it. I have to move from victory onto victory. The first victory is that I accept you and I now have eternal life. So now I want to move from victory. I want to leap every day. I want to jump for joy every day. But it's not happening. It's a process. Victory is a process. You know, for the ones here that love to cook, I love to cook. You know, and in a Ghanaian household... Uh, we don't have cookbooks. I, I, don't know if, I don't know a household that has a cookbook, but mine doesn't. You know, so when my mother was teaching me how to cook, she would tell me, put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then a little bit of this, and together, bam, we have food. <laughs> and, um, you know, in the beginning stage, when you're learning how to cook, you're a bit insecure. So then when you put salt, you put pepper, you put all the other spices that you like into the meal, and you are waiting for the food to cook. You know, the food is cooking. The, the cooking period, the waiting period has begun. And you taste it because you want to see whether you, you have done well. And you taste it. And you, eat. you don't taste anything. Hey. It's flat. Thank you. The food is flat. You don't taste anything. This is where panic comes again. Out of panic, you might take a little bit more salt, more pepper, you know, more other stuff, just, just so that you can feel, you can taste the taste that you're looking for. And if you're lucky, it will turn out all right. But unlike me, in my beginning stage, I wasn't lucky. You know, my, my mother would take a bit and she was like, you did right. <laughs> but the food wasn't tasty. <laughs> You did okay. Isn't that the same way when we are waiting on God? You know, when you finally give everything to God. Like, God, indeed, I want to walk from victory into victory. So I give everything to you. Have your way, God, in me. Reveal, Father, the purpose for my life unto me, and I will follow. Father, I will always counsel you before I take any other step. However, two days pass. God is me again. Have you seen what time it is? <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm not just speaking to all of you. I do it all the time. All the time I go to God. God, it's been a year now. The promise you said, the revelation I had. Do you know what, God? Do you need help? 
You need help? Can I offer you help? Ironic, right? You going to your maker, the one who knows exactly when, how you need it. You go and offer him help. And when the help is not coming when we want it, when we are not walking into victory when we want it, we panic. And you know, you add them, you add the salts, you make a decision, you take that job that you, you should not have taken, you marry that person that you should not have married. Now, all men or all women are trash. <laughs> Only if you waited. Only if you waited. So in that waiting period, in that cooking period, I'm not saying it's bad to ask God every now and then, that you know what, God? I'm still here, you know. You can do it. I cannot even prevent you from doing it because I do it all the time. But don't make hasty decisions in the waiting period. Something cooks because it will be done one day. The food will be ready one day. One day the victory will come. You will walk from victory into victory. So don't, don't sabotage your own victory. Don't do that. You know, the devil wants to sabotage it. He, can, he cannot take it from us. So he wants to sabotage it. He wants to get into your mind. He wants to give you the feeling that it's taking too long so that you will make hasty decisions so that you won't see what God really has for you. Now, if we go to the next slide, please. And I took something, because um, I studied law, I took something from uh, book five of art, Article 2 of Book 5 of the Civil Law. And it says that the owner of a thing is authorized to claim it from anyone who holds it without rights. In Dutch, we call it rectificatie. And in English, it's revocate. So I, I made it bold, the owner, authorized, claim, without right. These things, I made it bold. So now we are in the waiting period. We are waiting. Waiting for things to be restored. Waiting for God to give things to us that we are hoping for. But sometimes we need to be bold and claim things back, you know. We need to be bold and ask God for revelation that, God, what are the things that unrightfully have been taken from me that I need to take back so that I will be able to walk from victory onto victory? Because you know what? As I said already, the devil cannot take it away from you rightfully. He can't. What I did not give to you, if I didn't, if I, the things, the thing that you are carrying, holding now, for instance, the phone our brother is holding now, and I'm trying to get his attention. <laughs> the, your phone that you're holding now. I cannot come right up to you and take your phone from you, right? Why? It's not mine. I did not give it to you, so I, can, I don't have the right to take it from him. So everything that has been taken from you, what do you do? Don't go and... Mag ik alsjeblieft mijn telefoon terug? Mag ik alsjeblieft terug wat je van mij hebt weggenomen? You are authorized to claim it. How do you claim something? You walk right up to the person that took it, like a boss. I'm the owner, and you take it back. And I'm speaking to myself, because sometimes I'll be like, oh God, please help me to take things back. You know, it, it, it's very, 
we take it for granted how we stand here and we, we receive the word of God sometimes, but it's really giving us power in prayer. It's really pushing us in how to pray, into claiming things that have been taken away from us. When the IMD was speaking Friday, he was saying it's so tiring to come to church every time. You know, Bible study, you are there. Sunday service, you are there. Street activation, you are there. Yet, you're not walking in your purpose. You're not walking in the promises God has given you. Yes, I, ha I have salvation. When we go to heaven, I will be there. But this life, here on earth, sorrows after sorrow, weeping after weeping. And sometimes we become accustomed to those things. Don't be accustomed to those things. It is not your portion. You need to claim back what is yours. You need to stand up and tell the devil, hey devil, you are now at the, right, at the wrong door. You took something from someone you should have never taken it from. And I am here to claim it back. Because in the name of Jesus, it is mine and mine alone. Because I was doubtful, I didn't know when to take it. Because I was doubtful, I didn't even know that it was taken from me. But now that I realize that I move from victory onto victory, now that I realize that heaven is not only endured in heaven, but also on earth, now that I realize that I too must enjoy life, I take back what is mine. The education I could not do, I take it back. That marriage, I take it back. The sickness that has been haunting me, release it, drop it. Everything that God, that the enemy has taken from you, you take it back. Because it belongs to you. It belongs to you. Can we all rise up as we are about to pray and take back everything that is ours? Because many times we allow things, you know, to, to just be gone. Weet je wat, het is goed zo. Weet je wat, het is, het is ik, ik, leer, ik leer er wel mee leven. Er komt wel wat anders. Something else will happen. I will wait on it and something else will happen. Another person will pop up. Another degree may come. Another job will come. Stop telling yourself these things. Don't take counterfeits. What God told you you will have. What God told you is yours. You take it back. You take it back. We will not be in this world looking like sheep who do not know where we belong to. Whose we belong to. We belong to Christ. And our maker is a victor. He is the victorious one. He is the one that he speaks. Nobody can say something against. He is the one that whenever he say mountain moves, mountain will move. And he lives in you. And therefore, whenever you want to take it back, you take it back.